All right, we got two of three. Meyer? There we go. Hello, Ryan, Natani, and I think Hi. we have Craig as well. <laughs> right on. Good to talk to you guys. Hello, hello. Thanks for joining us tonight, guys. Uh, second last year, day no of 2014, and so I thought it would be kind of cool to get a few uh, storm chasers together and kind of reflect on the on the season that was. And so, for anybody watching, if you want to put questions to anybody uh, on the on the call tonight, you can do so on the live chat below the YouTube live stream player. And there is also a Skype click-to-call button below the player there as well if you want to submit a question that way. Um, first of all, guys, anybody who wants to tackle this question, um, favorite moment of 2014? I know it had, had its highs and lows, but uh, I know you all chased to some degree this year. What was your favorite? Who wants to go first? Go ahead, go Noni. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to say, uh, I think my favorite one was uh, my favorite chase was in Montana this year. Um, there were pretty special moments in Texas, however, but uh, Montana was the most scenic and beautiful uh, thunderstorm we chased. Uh, Ryan and I chased that one in the last part of May. Just absolutely gorgeous storm um, came out of the foothills and came rushing north towards Havre and uh, produced a uh, what appeared to be a tornado to the north of our position eventually. And, uh, man, that was the most picturesque uh, um, thunderstorm we've seen for, for the last couple of weeks. Uh, it was happening around, you know, the magic time, sunset. So we, we got some really good footage and uh, pictures out of that one. That's, that was the, I think that's my favorite weather event of uh, this chase season in outside of Saskatchewan. Um, otherwise, there's the uh, – in Saskatchewan, there is the event, uh, the wind event, of course, that hit uh, – White City and Edenwald and stuff like that that did uh, straight line wind damage. That was pretty significant. Absolutely. Ryan. I was, I was, pardon me? I've been going through your Twitter feed here, Ryan. I was looking at some of your highlights of, of the year. Um, <laughs> the earliest that I see is sort of early in July and the flooding uh, going on around Crooked Lake and, and those oh, areas. That, that flooding was nuts. Um, CJ me contacted me and, and I was actually driving around getting um, pictures for them for the website because they couldn't make it down here themselves to do it and then on top of that I ended up helping the weather network for a day or two um, we went to Sean Schofer, uh his cabin at Crooked Lake we um, used a canoe to get into his kitchen <laughs> which was pretty crazy <laughs> yeah. once in a lifetime yeah but I'd have to say my favorite chase, Natani already said my, my absolute favorite, which was also Montana. But um, for, for me, it, it, was, it was really interesting being in Texas because uh, it was the first time I've been in the States with a tornado siren going off. And when we stopped on the side of the road, and I, I think it was south we were looking, um, with this massive system off in front of us, we've got like 100 chasers on your left and 100 chasers on your right. And there's like NBC had a truck there. And, you know, we ran it to Jack the Window and Mark Robinson for the Weather Network. And just being around that and experiencing all that was pretty wild, to say the least. <laughs> Plus, we're at El Dorado. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, we had to stop, take a picture of the sign. <laughs> that was awesome, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, this year, um, I'm sorry, I wanted to... Um, visit uh, Crooked Lake and uh, Round Lake as well. 
Um, <clears throat> but I wasn't quite confident enough with my quadcopter to take some aerial pictures. But um, I've increased my piloting skills quite a bit now, so I'm almost to the point of cockiness. Uh, next time that uh, <laughs> next next spring for sure. And I'm thinking where we all know that the water table here in Saskatchewan is fairly high right now. So we're going to guarantee sea flooding again this coming spring. So I'm going to be out uh, taking some aerial shots. If uh, if you guys need me down there, please give me a give me a dingle, man, because I'll, I'll be out there in a heartbeat to give to get get the world knowing what's going on, and what kind of help you guys need. Like the uh, you know, you just nothing tells it like an aerial view view, right? No, it really doesn't. Uh, Absolutely. Always, you always see everybody with helicopters doing the doing the uh, pictures from above, but why not just do it for a little bit cheaper and just throw a helicopter up there, or a quadcopter? They work just as well, <laughs> and uh, you don't need to no don't need to hire a pilot for that. But uh, as we know, we all gotta do our due diligence with uh, Transport Canada, and uh, <clears throat> so yeah, I'm working on that right now to make sure that uh, I'm well covered for next year. I don't want to you know surprise little fine. You know, from Transport yeah. Canada, so <laughs> just like last last so, week. Oh yeah, gotta make. Yeah, I heard about that, eh? That Quebec guy. Well, yeah, you yeah. know, <laughs> legislations <laughs> and laws in Quebec are, can apply differently than it does. But I mean, maybe it's a federal law thing, so it goes pro- um, Canada wide. But still, I mean, if the guy had a commercial license uh, and and had a applied with transport canada properly he probably wouldn't have gotten that fine but uh sun True. i believe was uh the newspaper um who put out that article didn't really put a uh, too much detail in there so as we, i couldn't actually defend this guy or not you know so i just kind of stayed out of it but uh it's definitely something to be uh cognizant in the future though for those planning on uh, possibly getting some aerial photography hey eh? because you don't want to surprise little thousand dollar or even five thousand dollar little fine waiting for you in the mail hey yeah. so yeah absolutely i'm looking forward to 2015 though it should be an el nino year or el nino sorry so uh, i'm thinking it's going to be a really good year this year craig how about you what was your highlight of uh 2013 or 14 rather uh, probably the start of my season, actually. I think it was a May 26 storm. Actually, it ended up being a, a different four different cells that day. The first cell was uh, had a great wall cloud on it, rotating. Uh, I was out there. Sean Schofer bumped into him. Um, the wall cloud became quickly rain-wrapped, though, and we're not 100% sure if it, it did drop a tornado or not. But uh, basically, I chased storms southeast for uh, three hours and basically just jumped from storm to storm. Super photogenic cells for the whole day. Avoided the rain, avoided the hail. was a great day. And then on the way home, uh, a little cell popped up in front of me, uh, probably quarter mile wide, and ended up driving through 10 minutes of hail. So kind of <laughs> kind of avoided it all day and, you know, got lots of great shots. And on the way home, ended up driving smack into the last little one. And uh, But it was a great day out there, yeah. <laughs> I uh, one other thing I wanted to bring up is I don't know if you guys read this at all every year or not, but Environment Canada publishes their top ten weather stories every year, and uh, their their top one of the year was uh, the long cold winter in in Canada. I was w- wondering if there was any full unanimous agreement about that, or if there's something that comes to mind. Um, throughout Canada that you think deserved um, 
higher honors than that. This is Saskatchewan. Every winter is a long, cold winter. In <laughs> <laughs> my opinion, um, it was. It, my opinion, Canada-wide, really, it was. I mean, the three provinces, Prairie provinces, were in the deep freeze. It's been the coldest winter in 30 years. I mean, that is a top yeah. story. Um, yeah. <laughs> we went through a lot of energy. Uh, we should uh, see what Sask Energy has to say, how much, how much natural gas they went through in order to heat this province and keep us safe and warm. I mean, that was a significant weather story, I believe. Yeah, t- but, totally. Uh, and I mean, if you just look look at the freezing over of the Great Lakes and how long it took took them to thaw out, I mean, it's kind of unheard of for, for the lakes to freeze over that that long and that much. So, I mean, clearly a very, very cold winter. Hopefully, you know, we had a great start to December, and hopefully we, uh, we don't see a repeat this year. But I have a feeling January and February are going to be very, very cold. <laughs> Well, we seem to be on that on that roller coaster again. You know, our we we had a couple of really mild weeks, and then this week has started out really frigid, and so it, it does definitely make you wonder about uh, January and February for sure. Um, now, one of the ones that kind of caught my attention was the Angus tornado. They they put it on the list, but they put it at number nine, and and to me that seemed like a bigger story than than they seem to make it out to be. No, I don't know. Maybe because of its uh, mesoscale effect. You know, a tornado is is a mesoscale effect when you think about it. When you know you got other weather stories like flooding and uh, massive cold, things like that. They, they affect way more people and you know on a more macro scale. And I think maybe that's how um, the Weather Network may have. Uh, or, or Environment Canada may have classified their uh, top advances by, you know, what kind of scale yeah. these events were. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, you you mentioned flooding, and that was actually number two on their list was was throughout the eastern pr- pr- prairies, uh, the summer flooding. Number three was wildfires in the west and northwest. And that seems to be something that's almost really annual now, and we really feel the effects of it at times in Saskatchewan as well, just by by the diminishing air quality. Um, number four was um, the winter storm that coated parts of eastern Canada uh, the weekend before Christmas 2013. I'm looking at some. I don't of these. remember much of that. No, and that's the thing too. A lot of it, you know, a lot of it is eastern Canada. Is yeah. that like? Is that a standard lake effect snow that sometimes occasionally happens, or is that you know? <laughs> yeah. How well, outstanding is that event, really? A vigorous winter storm is what is the wording on it, but uh, I think I think the big story behind that is just that it happened before Christmas last year, and I think that that's always a when people are traveling and it affects more people, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, now one particular day moving back into Saskatchewan, of course, we can't, we can't go without talking about is, is July 5th and the incredible, I'm looking at the incredible, um, wedding photo that resulted from that day that I'm sure we've all, um, seen and heard about. Um, where were you guys all throughout that day? I'm trying to remember. What? (laughs) Myself, I was, I was, uh. You were at work. <laughs> I, I got off work, I think it was about 1 o'clock or so, and I knew, because there was, what, five tornadoes that touched down that day, and I knew I wasn't going to get to time to get to any of them, 
And the next best sell I seen was around Ituna, and I made it there. It was absolutely gorgeous system. Uh, Katie and I um, hit hit there, and uh, we we watched the whole thing form. Beautiful little storm, and then we sat through the 10, 15 minutes worth of hail that followed, which was a nice test on the new truck, the Stormfinder. <laughs> okay, I totally remember what happened. I wasn't at work. This was a there was a rider game that day. Um, <laughs> here's the, here's the event for 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 me that day. I was supposed to go out to Round Lake and try to get some aerial photography for Sean Chauffeur. So I went to East of Saskatchewan. I went down to uh, around Indian Head, did some piloting checks, and then. Uh, then I was running out of time because I had promised my friend from work that I was going to go over to her place for a barbecue. And, yeah, I'm over there, and I'm, like, looking at radar, and I'm shooting myself in the foot going, oh, I wish I could be out there because I saw all the tornado warnings and such. And so, yeah, now I remember. I, that day was very significant. I was like, oh, I wish I was there because I all I had to do is, you know, just call off. <laughs> the the barbecue deal and just go straight on up to Outlook and I would have been rigged there. Uh, some of the some of the pictures that uh, I saw from uh, I think it was Bath and Craig, they were awesome, man. And I, I know I was so jealous. And I'm glad somebody was there to actually witness and report these in because that's what we're for. Yeah, the and, um, kudos to you guys, yeah. man. The irony of that was that the main documenting of it came from people who came all the way from Alberta and they basically Alberta, picked up all exactly. these tornadoes in our backyard. <laughs> yeah, I saw yeah, that day, that, we don't speak of that day in our household. Uh, we had, <laughs> I had actually a fa- family birthday to go to that day and uh, my wife worked till four and so I was, I was watching on Twitter and watching some of the radar stuff and uh, just watching the pictures of tornadoes come in, I was just dying to get out there, but I knew the wife would not be a happy camper if I just left. So about 3 o'clock, there was a storm that popped up right around Regina Beach area, and you, you could just see the, the clouds go up. So I you know, I had a little bit of time. So I actually drove out there, and halfway to Lumsden, you could actually see a funnel from about 40 miles away just roping down. And then uh, I realized the camera I took was my wide-angle camera, not a zoom, so no pictures of that, that event. Uh-huh. Uh, watched it for a bit. You could see the rotation coming across the lake. At that point, I had to head back to the city, pick up the wife, uh, explain to her that the birthday party needed to be put on hold, and we were going to be very late for it. So we ended up uh, grabbing the equipment. We, we shot north, uh, ended up getting going to Southie and picking up the storm that actually had the tornadoes on it earlier in the day. The roads, though, up that way were, were horrendous, and you just kept running into creek after creek across the roads from the spring flooding. So I ended up uh, getting a lot of pictures from it. But from, brutal. Yeah, but from the backside of the, the storm, and honestly, some of my best pictures of the year came from that storm from the backside as opposed to being on the, the front side, the business end of it. So it ended up being a pretty good day, but still uh, we don't talk about it just because I ended up missing six tornadoes. <laughs> yeah, that, that was my approach of it for the the, the rest of the, that month was that I, I don't want to think about that. But but the pictures <laughs> the pictures you could not ignore. They were phenomenal photos just from even bystanders. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad nobody got killed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, really... And, yeah, uh, there, there was the one video. I don't know if anyone's seen it of the the truck, the trucker that that took the video yes. and the, the tornado like literally like hundred yards to to the side of him in the field, and he he just had no idea what to do. It was pretty pretty interesting to watch. Was that by Craker Hanley or something? I can't remember where. Uh, that was I think awesome. it was just 
Hanley, I believe it was out by Hanley, and it was it was funny to see the truck driver though. But I mean, even that that, that semi he was in, and you could see it shaking with that tornado, you know, a hundred hundred yards off to the right. <laughs> yeah, that could have rolled him. That was a yeah. good one though. Good footage. <laughs> All right, so yeah, that was probably the biggest day. For, for storms in Saskatchewan, but in come August 8th, uh, well, come August period, there were a couple of surprise nighttime storms um, that showed up. Um, did any of you manage to get on any of those? Any lightning photography moments? Or I chased one I'd on the 5th. Check. I think we, yeah, I, we ended up in Ogema, um Nothing really happened from it. It was a beautiful shelf cloud, and then it just kind of died. And I think on the 4th, we were down by um, Lake of the Prairies, and that also, much like the pre, just died. Beautiful setup, beautiful system, you know, and just died. I think we got, like, Wait. lightning shot once. <laughs> well, that, I'm not that sure August if, I, eight, if I remember that one. That Go August 8th storm, that was, that was the one that uh, rolled through White City and did all that straight line damage. Yeah, it was. And I sat, I was just to the north of that, and believe it or not, was really not far from where the straight line winds occurred. I mean, we we had winds where we were, but we were just far enough north that we didn't get that significant damage. And the real, you know, evidence of it did not come until the next day. And and you started seeing all the photos and reports, and then you go out, and then I, I went out there and... And it was just amazing how widespread, it, how spread, widespread it was. White City and Balgoni both, and it just sort of went on a, a northeasterly, northeasterly track. And yeah. it was, it wasn't just wind. I mean, it was a deluge of rain uh, that I ended up sitting through too. And then they had power outages through pretty much, I think, a good portion of the evening as well. Did the power go out in Regina at all during that storm? Because I'm pretty sure I remember sitting east of Regina and we're and we're live streaming. We're pointing the stream camera right at Regina, and there all of a sudden Regina's black, probably because of rain. But closer to us, there's a there's a tower, and that just goes dark as well. Moments after a, a lightning strike, was there any power outages in Regina that night? I didn't hear of any. Not, not in my area, that's for sure. I did hear of uh, the Edenwald area without power for a long time. Yeah, and that and that was where the storm really seemed to really seemed to pick up. But there you was, know, um, sorry, go ahead. That night, um, I don't know if you guys know, but I am a radio DJ on Friday nights, and uh, August eighth was one of them. So I was giving radar updates and wind velocity updates to everyone involved. So I knew there was a straight line wind event coming towards uh, White City. So it was one of the things that I was doing on the radio is um, I was issuing out, you know, well, I was letting them know what I saw on radar um, as, you know, 70 to 80 mile per hour winds heading your way, you know, and stuff like that. I tried to, I tried to let that out. eh? And uh, the next day um, I went out to, (laughs) I went to uh, Alberta and uh, shot that fish truck lightning shot. Um, oh, yeah. But uh, then uh, a few days after that, I came back and I found out uh, a friend of mine, uh, his sister works, uh, has a farm out by Edenwold. And they, they all of their bins got knocked over. One of their huge outbuildings got 
blown to pieces and scattered across the field. So they wanted me out there with their quadcopter, and I got some amazing aerial shots of uh, the damage path of that uh, of the uh, <clears throat> of the straight line wind event. And they, you know, they they were curious if I could tell the if uh, if it was a straight line event or tornadic because because they were telling me that there there was debris scattered in all sorts of directions. So. From an aerial point of view, it was it was kind of nice to be able to finally put my thumb on there and say, okay, this is why certain things happen. Like there are there are rotational winds in some straight line wind events, so it's scattered debris in, in in some cases in a random way, but not in a tornadic damage type of way. So that was a very interesting event, and I also went to White City and uh, and caught some aerial shots of uh, the the tree damage over there. That was incredible damage they received. But as for power outages, I only heard uh, communities around uh, northeast of Regina, but I didn't actually hear about Regina receiving any power outages. Yeah, that was that was quite the storm. To we actually, uh, I ended up chasing that storm. We ended up heading down to Swift Current, and we ended up being on the north side of the storm, and we kind of chased it on the way back. And you could you could see it was re- really rotating on radar on the south side of the storm, but. Uh, I was I was contemplating whether to try to punch the core or not, and I'm kind of glad I didn't because we ended up getting enough far enough in front of it and and getting a lot of lightning shots out out of it and stuff. Um, but you know the lightning on that storm was phenomenal. I've never yeah. seen lightning like that on a storm before. You know, driving back to Regina, we we stayed in front of the storm, and for Moose Shot or Regina, it literally was like bombs going off in the field. You know, within two three hundred yards, you could just see them see him coming down all over the place it was really the first time when i you know when i've stopped to take lightning pictures that i've i've actually crawled through the back seat of my vehicle and not <laughs> wanted to get outside of my vehicle because they literally were, were coming down everywhere so the lightning on that storm was probably the best i've ever seen yeah and that, that's what i was doing initially was to the east of it was just shooting lightning and it was almost constant and it was incredible as it as it approached regina just how amazing the lightning was and then ended up riding out the core basically in pilot butte there and yeah it, it was not a fun core to be in um fortunately no no significant hail we did see a few small hailstones um but can you you know you can only imagine what if there had been hail combined with that straight line wind damage, what else would have what what else would have uh, happened there? But... Yeah, there was enough crop damage as it was from the straight line winds. I couldn't imagine that. the hail wouldn't have helped much either. No. There there was uh there was some big hail on that storm, you know, golf ball size hail when it was southwest of Moose Jaw. Yeah. Um, I actually I photographed that storm for about an hour and a half in the in the dark, and it just got to the point where I said, you know. I wanted to just stay in front of it because I wasn't actually sure what was coming, and I didn't want to get caught up in it. Great. Yeah. Hmm. So, uh, New Year's Eve tomorrow, uh, looking ahead to 2015, any plans or ambitions or predictions anybody would like to discuss? Plans? Well, in about a day and a half, I'll be really drunk. But besides that... (laughs) Um, <laughs> I, I know one plan uh, Natani and I have been talking about is going back to the States. So um, Now that means I'm going to be excited for the next five and a half months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're saving up, man. Saving up. <laughs> yeah, we're heading down there again. We're going to go down the last uh, half of, uh, I'm sorry, the later part of May. I think it's about May 22nd-ish. And then we're going to come back uh 
So Canada and June 9th, we're back to work. <laughs> so it's a, it's a good stint. And uh, I have a feeling that it's going to be an active year. I really do. I think things are going to be quite active in April. Um, May, you know, we all know May down there, you know, around the end of May is the peak of their season. But uh, I don't think it will be the end of that season. So, yeah, there will be a lot of people down there, and we'll be we'll be in the thick of things. We'll be safe. We'll be uh, web streaming. Um, it's going to be good. Um, I'm look, looking forward to getting some wind measurements and stuff down there this time, providing some actual, um, some more, uh, just more than just eyes on uh, spotter type purpose. I want to actually add some science to it if I can possibly uh, increase my budget a little bit. So I'm working on that. I'm saving up. I'm trying to nice. save. <laughs> and then um, yeah, we'll um, up here in Canada, July is the time, man. July is the time for us to go out there and make a difference and get in front of these storms before they hit major centers. Um, well, it doesn't actually matter if it's major centers or not. A lot of farmers, a lot of uh, small communities out there don't know that they're coming. They don't have the warning systems. A lot of people don't know that, so they're relying on people like us to get the word out, uh, to report that into Environment Canada fulfill our purpose i'm looking forward to it i'm very excited for another storm season i don't know about you guys what are you thinking yeah i'm, I'm hoping oh, it's gonna be a, with... a good season uh go ahead go ahead ryan no you go ahead you go ahead oh yeah yeah i'm unfortunately i'm not gonna be uh chasing in the u.s i do plan on maybe trying trying one week down there but i want to I want to maybe, you know, hit that Nebraska, um, South Dakota area. That's kind of where I, I think would be some good chasing down that South Dakota area. If not, though, July and August, uh, I'll be I'll be on the road putting some kilometers on again this year. Uh, 11,000 kilometers this summer, 25 storm chases, no tornadoes. So hopefully we can in, we can improve on some of those numbers on the upcoming year. Yeah, yeah and how, how many times this year was it all died out because of smoke? Oh, well, man, I, I be like... August, I was like a rain. I was a rainmaker. There was, you know, great storms popping up, and when when I, when I arrived, they just turned into rain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That ties perfectly into that that top ten story of of the wildfires, and that kind of plays into how our storm season ended up being being choked off by smoke. Yeah, yeah. From like the fifth to the twenty third, there was nothing in Saskatchewan. <laughs> yeah, it, for a while there, I actually ended up becoming a sunset. Uh, photographer there and it wasn't very very pleasing <laughs> like oh look at it beam <laughs> oh that's a good yeah, beam. Sun <laughs> but you know i mean it's the way things are going we got climate change happening uh i don't know if you guys are noticing what's happening up north uh, i mean the polar ice caps it's melting and that's the way it is and uh what's happening with that is it's causing uh weather systems to cause uh blocks uh hex or rex blocks and stuff like that and what's happening is these weathers that normally transit from uh one end of the country to the other in about the span of eight days they're not uh, they're no longer transiting as quickly along the jet stream our jet stream is being disrupted and these systems are are lasting a lot longer than they should be we're getting longer days of drought we're getting longer days of rain as as we saw at the end of july or june there so I think this is going to be become more of what we can expect in the future, uh, more prolonged weather events. Um, not sure what that's going to spell for uh, severe weather, but uh, 
is something to keep cognizant about of, you know, where the position of the jet stream is, where the blocking weather systems are, and that'll help you in, in the longer term of forecasting where you're going to go to do some storm spotting. That's my opinion. What are you guys thinking? Yeah, yeah I, was just, I was just reading that Alaska's uh, the first time in a calendar year they haven't got below 17 degrees Celsius, um, which is pretty phenomenal for Alaska. You know, they haven't got below zero Fahrenheit for a, a full calendar year, and that's never really happened before. So, you know, they're, they're not seeing the cold temperatures that we're seeing, but uh, which obviously lends into that, that uh, little bit of warming up there that you were speaking of. Yeah, it's a it's a fact, and our our atmosphere is making is you know going up in temperature. I'm sure one or two degrees our sea surface temperature is increasing as well. You know, with a swollen atmosphere, it makes more room for moisture particles to get swallowed up into that too. So I'm I'm thinking you know okay, well we got all this room in our atmosphere for moisture. It's gonna get come out eventually. So I think uh, I think we're going to see more flooding events uh, and that type of thing. It's, Which it's we don't a sad need. thing to say. No, we really don't need that. And yeah. do do you think that with the snow, if we get more snow, which is inevitable, really this year, yeah. that we could see something worse than last spring? Let's hope not. <laughs> I don't think so. Not, not yeah, I would think it would take, yeah, I would take a phenomenal amount of snow. I mean, at this time last year, we had a lot of snow on the ground already. Um, really, we don't have a lot of snow. And, I mean, yeah, we're going to get a couple big dumps, but I don't think it'll be anything close to, to last year. No. I would yeah. have to agree with you on that. Same. I so, mean, last year, I mean, the, the, last year, wasn't it mostly cold? That we had? A, I thought we had a fairly average amount of snow most of the time. I mean, there were some bands by the Yellowhead Yellowhead Highway uh, that that got pounded by a couple of weather events, but I mean, for the majority, most of the province was not so bad. But it was it was in 2012 or yeah, 2012 where we got phenomenal amounts of snow everywhere, and and yeah. we were still recuperating from the floods of 2011 at that time. I think uh, I think our ground uh, is still uh, has a high water table so we're still pretty vulnerable to flooding even with you know average winters you know it 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 doesn't take much right now especially with the farms around here uh from the the winter of 2011 where you you it rains for half an hour and it's going to be flooded just because yeah. of the table from you know 3 plus years ago absolutely exactly so i have a question here that someone sent on um, twitter uh, Tammy Durkin, Durkinson, and she said, um, "What is your favorite Storm Chase song?" So I, I would say mine is uh, "Riders of the Storm" from Hammerfall, a Swedish metal band. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I would say no. Nody, do you have a do you have a, a DVD or a song you prefer? Maybe throw <laughs> a little twister in. <laughs> well, I do uh, have Twister in my vehicle at all times <laughs> on a microchip. <laughs> so even if we strike out, we get a tornado eventually. Um, I don't know. I, I'm when is storm chasing. <clears throat> Seriously, like when I'm cruising down the road, um, sometimes it depends on who I'm with, man. I mean, if I'm storm chasing with my sister, Roshi, for example, we'll be listening to ministry, you know, uh, yeah. uh, real 
<laughs> Rio Grande Blood is a good song that we like to play really fast. It's awesome. Um, and, and it just depends on who I'm cruising with if I'm by myself. Sometimes uh, I'll play uh, soundtracks from movies. Uh, I'm yeah. more of a dramatic kind of guy in that manner. And sometimes I'm into the whole atmosphere that the music creates for me to get into storm chasing and sometimes it's halo i mean sometimes it's it's the batman soundtrack i mean sometimes it's gladiator uh, electronic sometimes it's speed metal it depends on depends on my mood on the day man really does yeah i'm with you there on on the movie soundtrack stuff that's that's a lot of the time all i listen to not not even when i'm storm chasing but just sitting and doing work in uh, in the what music a... that I play on the radio, a lot of it is soundtrack. Uh, it's because it takes about a minute, minute and a half for the songs that I play to create an atmosphere. So it's because of my love of soundtrack that I I like the industrial music that I play on, on the radio. Sorry, Ryan, you're going to say something. I interrupted. Uh, I was going to say I think the sweetest thing would be uh, having O Fortuna, that classical song, play while um, Tornado lands in the background. <laughs> <laughs> that would be like sweet. It. oh so many songs man that's a good question any other questions out there steven you got anything on the chat there for me nope not yet nice so anybody uh doing any major modifications to your vehicles this year before uh short storm season ryan's been alluding to some things (laughs) Yes, um, my, my my mechanic slash driver Brandon Crane's going to be. Uh, he's been working on some designs. We're going to put um, protection on the roof and uh, pullouts that are going to cover all four windows. The back we're going to put Lexan, um, and we're making up a hail guard for the front window. So we're kind of like the first step to armoring the Stormfinder. <laughs> uh, for me, as a dream, I would like to actually put either uh, reinforced type glass in the front windshield or an overhanging uh, grid rail like everybody else has is really i mean once your windshield's gone it's a showstopper right there you're you're out of the game that's the biggest thing to to try and protect is the windshield for sure and uh especially if if you're in the united states and you're down there and you don't want to you don't want to be out of the game for that long especially if you You've sacrificed and arranged all that planned time to off to go down there and do that. So, I mean, either you know, either make those preparations or stay a little bit extra cautious about where you're chasing. Because uh, I'm sorry to say, Tanya Langston and myself, we were chasing this thunderstorm from Colorado into Kansas, and it was throwing down some pretty mean hail in front of us. But we never, we never actually hooked into the slice of that uh, hook echo because we didn't have the protection we needed to get in there. And um, we could have really seen some phenomenal action had we you know, had the ability to, to slice that hook properly. And we were, we, were, <laughs> we were ready to do it. We just couldn't get in there. That hail was, was insane. We could see hail shafts itself on our left-hand side falling down and twisting at the same time is like oh this is insane but uh yeah we we played it cautious we hung back we kept pace with the storm but uh yeah preparations uh, to protect your vehicle is a very good idea um 
That's all I got. To. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, the only thing I'd really like to add is probably a hail guard, but uh, it might not be might not be this year. I have invested in a couple extra cameras, so you know I'm, I've got the I'll have some angles from all angles of the vehicle, and hopefully get some good good footage this year, not just pictures. You know, uh, that's one of the things I've kind of been lacking is I've I, you know I get out there and get a lot of pictures, but I don't I don't capture a lot of video. So this year I'm going to try to grab some video as well along with those pictures. This year, yeah, yeah. This year it was an opposite for me. I got a lot. I found myself getting a lot of video and not a lot of photos, and <laughs> so I, I need to try and balance it out a bit more next year. <laughs> yeah, it's a little tough for me because I do like I do ninety percent of my chasing by myself. So you know, yeah, if, you're, if, if you're doing everything by yourself, it it makes it difficult to do yeah. to do the video, to do the photography and stuff. So, but I have a couple of ones that I have mounted now, exterior mounts to the vehicle and stuff. So I'm hoping those will add a little bit to the to the game. Cool. I was going to mention something towards uh, Hale is a, a good example. Uh, when, when Atani and I were at Big Spring, Texas, and uh, we ran into Jack window, Mark Robertson of the Weather Network, and I think we were telling them, because they, they were having trouble receiving data, and Atani mentioned to them, was like, wow, the system's getting pretty nasty. I think, what, two-inch hail, three-inch hailstones? And we, so we got, we had to get back to our vehicle. So we were like running at top speed because we stopped quite a ways away and left. And I think it was like within five, 10 minutes on Twitter, they were showing pictures of how to absolutely destroy their vehicle because they didn't get out in time. Yeah, that was, that was a, that was a uh, big Springs. Uh, we went south to Garden City, I think it was called. And then uh, we were at a junction point of whether or not we would continue south or go east. Uh, east southeast because there was a line of uh, tornadic thunderstorms with big hail in it and uh, it was kind of uh, I was playing it a little bit cautious we did some storm running away instead of storm chasing in that case and we caught up with it back in San Angelo I, I guess what what he could have done we had enough time I guess to uh, to go southeast we just didn't do it those are you can't take that back I mean. You make the decisions at the time. And you live and you learn, live really. It, it makes it a little bit difficult, too, and you don't know the road system. You know, when you're chasing up in here, up in Saskatchewan, southern Saskatchewan, you know, you can yeah. you can make decisions that you wouldn't make that you're out in the States. And, you know, some of those secondary roads and grids and stuff, they're not they're not maintained the same level as they are here in Saskatchewan. Well, I noticed close. Texas was, like, flooded out in half these places. I couldn't believe the amount of water that we've seen there. That was crazy. So uh, are we going to, say, gather again in the spring like this and uh, explain uh, how, how far along we've gotten along in our vehicle modifications or, you know, how pumped we are? I think that would be a good thing to out. do. We, we did that last year, and then we sort of did that mid-season thing there with, with Reed, and, uh, and then this is sort of our, <laughs> our year-end wrap. So, yeah, I think that would be a good thing to to do get some try and gather some more people i know right after christmas is kind of a tough time to, to nab people for for something like this they uh right, podcast yeah. with the podcast with reed uh, joshua um I don't, I don't know if you remembered but uh when, he, when you were introducing and he talked to nick the body and then he, then before he said anything to me he said that perpetually perpendicular to the ground and then we both kind of giggled for about 10 seconds and everyone was like what's going on there's an inside joke there but i'm not going to tell you guys i just want to mention that that was an inside joke <laughs> <laughs> there's only about five five people in the world that know it <laughs> craig probably craig probably knows it <laughs> yeah 
We have a question from Tammy Dirksen. I'll I'll just avoid that. Well, we have a question from Tammy Dirksen, and she was wondering where is your favorite place to chase storms. She tweeted that to you. She's asking you. Oh, I know, but I'm going to ask everyone <laughs> on the panel. No, that's a good uh, question. I'll, I'll go. I'll, I'll go first though. Uh, absolutely. I always uh, say to you know when I chase with Ryan and stuff this year. Uh, my get-go place is uh, Avonlea, Saskatchewan. I don't know. It just seems like that place just fires out the storms left, right, and center. Whenever there's a day that looks like it's going to be promising, I head down to Avonlea, and that's my my starting point. You know, it doesn't always doesn't always work out the best, but you know, nine out of ten times, it seems like Avonlea uh, is a good good starting point for me, anyways. Nice, Natani. Well, if you want to talk Saskatchewan chasing, yeah, Saskatchewan is, um, I don't know, anywhere uh, anywhere south and on number six seems to be good ma- good stuff. Um, the, the the other magic place I like to chase around is uh, Crake, uh, Davidson, and points west and east of that area seem to have a little tornado uh, action all the time there. It's, I think it's the wind's and the topography that help. Um, so that's one of my pre- favorite places because I live in the north end of Regina. It's really nice and easy to get on Highway 11 and zoom up there. Mm-hmm. So as a preference, I like doing that. Um, nice. I like going down to southwest Saskatchewan. They've got awesome, beautiful uh, hills and interesting uh, interesting geography. Um, yeah, I I like Saskatchewan. I mean, I'm here to... I'm here to to protect and and learn back roads and all the stuff down here in Saskatchewan. And, you know, when I'm down in the States, I'm just, I'm just it's just uh, extra credit. You know what I mean? So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as for down in the States, I think I, I like the, uh, the high plains better than I like uh, being closer to the Gulf of Mexico because it's just too many trees and too many hills and very difficult to chase Texas. in a winding road situation and you want to be you, you want to know where that tornado is you don't want to just guess at where it is especially when you don't have line of sight so i i kind of like you know kansas nebraska that's that's kind of my favorite areas in the states to chase in i think that was the most common thing being yelled in the vehicle in texas was get out of the way you damn trees mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> the power um, lines <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, power lines. That's for sure. <laughs> I think for myself, um, Rollo was never disappointed for me, and the Swift Current Maple Creek mm-hmm. area. Um, like every time I've ever gone down there, you know, between a Cinnaboy and there, like four out of four times, I've always had beautiful storm structure shots from that area. And that's just a quick drive for you, anyways, Ryan. So that's a good area for you. Yeah, <laughs> six hours, <laughs> four times a week. Why not? Eh? <laughs> <laughs> and go back to work the next morning. <laughs> I gotta say, no, I one of the for me, one of the places that I'd like to live—I've never had the chance to chase down there—is like right near in the Val Marie area. There's been numerous okay. occasions where I'm sitting at home watching the radar, and there's storms either coming up from the states and hitting there, coming through to Alberta, and it just seems that consistently that southwest corner get, right. gets the big cells, you know, and and that that happened on a couple occasions this year too. And there's some, and like you said, yeah. uh, there's some great la- um, landscapes out there as well for for shots. Yeah, for- uh, I, I gotta agree with you, Josh. I mean, uh, you've got a Cinnaboya seems to be a good storm magnet as well. It seems to intensify before hitting south of the states. 
notice a storm pattern over there too. Yeah. The, uh, that's what happened July 24th uh, when I, um, I was with the Dominator and um, we were sitting at one place watching actually the Valmary store and we're trying to decide, well, is it going to go, you know, is it going to go southeast? Is it going to go north? And I think that's when we ended up hitting a Cinnaboy and got stuck in that um, squall line for about 45 minutes of zero visibility. <laughs> yeah, that was an intense squall line. I was late getting on that. I wanted to be where, where you were, Ryan, you know, about an hour earlier. You, you, probably, you, you probably wouldn't have wanted to be inside the river. <laughs> I, didn't, when, I, I wouldn't have taken my vehicle. Looking at the pictures you retweeted out, I was like, that's where I want to be. But then I wasn't able to get there on it right away so about at about six o'clock it, it was approaching regina and so then i was able to get on it by that by that time and ended up following it um following it north northeast but but that that's that really grew into a qu- impressive squall line right right into the night devil's tower watching you guys i was jealous oh you were yeah i was uh, i was actually right behind you guys ryan on that storm and uh, unfortunately, yeah. it did turn into a squall line because it, it was looking like it was going to have some, you know, individual supercells that might have been tornadic. But it, it lined out so quick. And, you know, I ended up staying in front of that storm. So I didn't get into the mess that Ryan and them were in. And I did some good time <laughs> lapse. But, yeah, unfortunately, it did it did line out. Yeah. You can't get much photos when you can't see more than a foot away from your vehicle. <laughs> no, it kind of puts a hamper on the photography. Yeah, but that that same day, because I remember we made it back to Regina, and, and there's like damage and stuff. So I'm not really, I, I don't know what happened, but we we stopped at um, a restaurant and and uh, we were beside the Home Depot, and there was like their building sign was blown over, and uh, Brad Morzo and I came out and was helping them put out their pick up their stand, and there was like some kind of wood wood like all over the place. So I, I don't there, know. There some... Do you remember? There was some gusts clocked at about 100 kilometers an hour on that storm. Oh, really? Okay. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was pretty mem- It was pretty menacing. I remember like looking at it as we're moving northeast, and and I di- and I didn't want to stop to look at it till I knew whether or not there was hail in it or not. Turned out not to be, but I think winds were were definitely quite strong in Regina. Yeah. We had some hail where we were, but there wasn't too, too much. It was an absolutely gorgeous sunset that night, though. Yeah. Where were you guys for the sunset? I was actually taking pictures of the the Baker Barn on Highway 6, uh, (laughs) which actually was destroyed two weeks later on that those straight-line winds. So, you know, I kind of have the last pictures of the Baker Barn Hmm. that was on Highway 6 there. Yeah. Uh, gentlemen, I, I, I got to interrupt. Uh, I have to go, so I got to say goodbye to you guys. Thanks for inviting me. Well, thanks for coming on. Good to talk to you. And right. we'll, we'll work on that on that plan for the spring. Yes. Excellent. Awesome. Have a good night, guys. All right. You too. Yes. See you, Nordy. See you, Tony. Bye. All right. Well, uh, Natani's kind of reading my mind here because I was about to wrap it up. But uh, anyways, <laughs> <laughs> um um thanks a lot guys for uh joining us tonight craig good to have you on for the first time hope you enjoyed it yeah thanks for having me and ryan always good to talk to you have a good night and happy new year to you all stay safe and we'll talk to you in 2015 keep your stick on the ice all right